What's happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele and the Baker with another beautiful, wonderful, bigly good episode of Scarf Life, the podcast. The Baker. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start the podcast off the way uh, most podcasts of of this caliber start off. Gonna need you to back away from the mic, Chief. For a dude that's supporting a club that hasn't had a win in what feels like years, you're way too excitable right now. Bro, I am I'm looking forward to the three points we will at some point someday get. Right. We're we're bound to beat somebody just by like law of averages. Well, not even by the law of averages, but a law of like own goals. Right? At some point people need to be able to score enough own goals on themselves. <clears throat> right. For us to win a game, that's 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 how all of the best teams are uh, are uh, built. You know, like Barcelona hey, during the Tiki Taka uh, era. Yeah, own goal. That's that was the that was the key to to all of their domestic success. You know, I cannot speak to Barcelona because I don't like them. <laughs> you know, I don't right. like them. Right. So screw them. What I'm saying is this: mathematically speaking. Mm-hmm. If we combine all of the own goals our opponents have scored, right, we get at least three points this season. That's all I'm saying. All right. Yeah, yeah. Own goal is the is our new number nine. That that's that's the tactic going forward. It is. It is. It's literally. You know what? There's an idea. Next time we get jerseys, let's add own goal. Own goal on the back. Right. It it so we're obviously joking here about the whole like obviously joking about, you know, the the round of own goals that uh, you know, both in the Seattle and the LAFC game. Um but I think it does kind of speak to Michael Chang's just like quality of of service. Like the dude puts balls into such dangerous positions that like they can't help but go in. Um you know, like like it's not all doom and gloom. Like it's actually kind of impressive if you think about it. Here's his here's his uh, motto. Motto: Cross is so good, make you want to score on yourself. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what was going through the defender's mind. Like, man, this is right. just this is too pretty of a cross not to end in a goal. I'm gonna help this guy this, out. <laughs> this is this is already the best content this podcast has put out this year. And just so you know yeah that that's we we should i think we're something like three minutes in or we're just yeah. about to be three minutes in we should stop here stop it all yeah, right we, we should just call let's it get, let's get into the sweet central sauce of this year discussion mm. the sweet spots yeah rail salt lake our beloved rail salt lake <clears throat> not a good team um, right now that, that's Here's where I would insert, if I could verbatimly insert in speech, that one GIF. It's GIF. I don't care what you say. It's GIF. That says, oh, no, we suck again. Yeah, we suck. Right. We have not had a good week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever you want to call it. We are coming to use RSL Nation after the two losses, one at the hands of LAFC and the other one at the hands of, well, just last night, um, of Seattle Sounders. Right. And yep. I'm 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 here to propose or say this. I'm not a mathematician. However, I own a calculator, and the calculation I've done is, if we combine the efforts and quality on our side from those two games, they do not equal three points combined. I have no idea how in the world we only lost two to one to Seattle last night. Well, I know because they scored on themselves. Back to our number nine being Wrangle, right? Goal, right? Yep. But we're coming off a couple of terrible, horrible, horrific games that didn't even—I mean, it wasn't even like the Colorado game where we just we just got our asses kicked. Like you right. walk out of that game, you're like, "Man, I feel like I just got beat up." Y- yeah, These like the better team won. Like, yeah. Right. Now, these two games were just like watching, I don't, I don't even want to say a high school team because that's an insult. It was 
a non-imaginative, no effort, no drive collection of individuals who I'm pretty sure got their starting spots in a raffle. That's the <laughs> only explanation I have behind some of those starting lineups. Yeah. Anyways, I'm a little bit. I'm a little upset at this point. You don't. But, say. Uh, there are some good things, and we'll talk about those games. What's your take? Yeah, it, it's. Uh, up until at least those two subs, I think it was like the 65th or 66th minute, it really was just like autopilot. Like it was, you know, the Sounders are just going to cruise to a nice, comfortable, you know, 2-0 win. We're not really going to threaten them too much, but they're not going to like embarrass us and like blow us out of the water. You know, like it was just, it was just going to be like, you know, like we'll just be on autopilot and we'll phone it in. And we won't really upset them too much. And, you know, they won't really embarrass us with, like, three, four, five goals. And and, and that's literally where the, like, night was headed in my mind. Um, thankfully, we made some substitutions that showed a little more fight than uh, than I thought this group had, had in them. I was very pleasantly surprised. And we actually ended up having a soccer game worth watching there in the end, in the second half especially. Um, and then LAFC was just like, yeah. A, a tire fire um it it to me it's the kind of performance that um i don't know i've kind of come to expect honestly yeah that's that's the sad part i mean if there's one positive from my perspective is is this from the last couple of weeks versus this week the good news or the bad news is that we have so many games that happen so quickly back to back so a couple of weeks ago is literally like four games ago if you think about it right um, we, our biggest problem is, was inconsistency. Well, we are now consistent. Consistently bad. I mean, really bad. And that's where we are. That's the team we are. We're going to have to put some fight into it. I love one of our followers said in the most, the most awesome comment on the page. I said, I miss the days when RSL would show up with a winning attitude. Right. And I even think I was writing back to it to say, yeah, man, remember, you know, Carl Beckerman in his prime and Javi, every time he touches the ball, something beautiful happens. And Spindola, remember Spindola? I mean, he just looked like he was going to just tear people's throats out, right? Even Saborio, he, 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 he was most mad at himself for missing shots. We don't have that right now. The Miss, last guy missing shots and missing plane rides. They're missing plane rides. I was just going to add to that. That's 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 why he got those extra drinks in him. We don't have that. I don't know who that guy is. I do not know who that guy is. This team. I mean, we'll get into a couple of good good things here. This team is completely characterless. Completely lacks character. Who is the character guy? on this team. Especially with a lineup like we, what we saw against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the, the kind of makeshift, weird, you know, defensive block, you know, holding midfield thing. And then, like, it was, it was a bunch of dudes in weird positions with a bunch of dudes in, like, getting minutes for the first time in a very long time. And yeah, like, you know, Nick Beasler was on the field for crying out loud. Um it it was uh it was a weird lineup to say the least. Yeah, there's the lineup. But anyway, so let's get into a couple of things. I say even at full strength, full lineup, when I'm talking character, I'm not just talking skill. Obviously a full lineup we're a much better skilled team than we are with what we saw against Seattle. By the way, apparently Slovakia won in penalties, so our friend Rushniak is staying a while longer or going back in November, I guess. Right. To play he, the final uh, for the qualifier. He uh he went something like eighty minutes today. Yeah, he started number ten. Yeah. He he looked he looked good too. I've only watched like the first forty five minutes, but like you know, you surround that guy with uh with some creativity and all of a sudden he becomes a pretty damn good player. With a little bit of luck, someone's gonna buy him off our hands and pay us a bunch of money. Because that's actually one of the things I want to talk about. Like, probably our best, most skilled player right now. But damn, he, he is not a captain. But anyway, so let's go beyond that. 
So let's get into some of the positives over the last couple of games because he wasn't there for those. Can we, for the last time, you and I specifically, put this thing to bed, which is Pablo Ruiz? Right. We messed up. We did not see whatever mm -hmm. it is the coaching staff saw in Pablo Ruiz. Pablo Ruiz is probably one of, I don't want to say the only, but probably the brightest spot over the past, say, seven business days from this team. Yeah. Uh, so the game specifically against Seattle, I'll go so far as to say, like, man of the match, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, and, I mean, it didn't and, take much, but yes. Sure. Yeah. Being the best of the worst is, you know, no you know nothing to be proud of by any stretch of the imagination um and 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 i think in you and i's defense our issue with pablo has always been on the defensive side of his input which granted he has improved since that very like you know early uh, days this year um but like as a defensive midfielder he shouldn't be a defensive liability and he was so eager in the attack and with some of his like shot selection that you couldn't help but be like this dude's letting defenses hang out to dry like if you look at the space between our like defensive midfield and our center backs it's obscene and either our defensive midfielders are getting different instructions than our center backs or they're just like not aligned on the same page um but pablo ruiz especially in the seattle game where he kind of got to play that like semi-attacking midfielder role and he had both Portillo and Beckerman behind him to kind of help take care of some of some of those defensive responsibilities that I think he still like needs needs to pick up on but like yeah the, the you know the, the dude absolutely was fantastic um and yeah I I think uh if if you put him on the attacking side of the midfield I've got no problem with that guy being a regular starter yeah, no, he he's really showing up. He's showing showing he's he's coming out. He's absolutely killing it right now. You know what I like about him? He he seems to have a cool collectedness about him. You called it out, right? I think some of our early beef with him is not he's doing the the things that he did bef well before a lot better now. I don't see him having fixed some of those defensive lacks or issues that we saw before, but it's a matter of pairing him up with the right person. He seems cool, calm, collected. That's just one of those things I think that comes with a little bit of experience that comes with just having the confidence that you're starting and your, your, your spot is safe, right? And Lord knows, man, he does not seem to lack confidence. He, he'll no. he'll launch them from way up there a little bit too much sometimes. Yeah, but, but even um, that's kind of cooled I, off. I, a I little. like what he's doing. Yeah, it, well, he tried a couple of times against Seattle. It's just that never it never got past the first man in front of him. Remember those couple he, of yeah, tries? Yeah, he, he he had like two decent shots, but yeah, nothing nothing that. But like on the on the other end, like I can't fault him because no one else was you know none of our forwards yeah. were going to do anything with it. So yep. might as well have a go at it, kid. Um, yep. And and you know like. I know Albert isn't here, and and you know we 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 don't want to spend too much time talking about Albert because he's inevitably going to do some interview in like the next two days where he's talking about how excited he's going to be back to be back in Europe and he can't wait to leave America because he hates it. <laughs> pay us, pay us, and go. Right, but I was going to get to that. Like, you know, like obviously there's a drop off in talent between Pablo Ruiz and Albert Ruschnack, and and we'd be insane not to like address that. But there's also a very serious pay gap between what we're paying Albert and Pablo. And I can't sit here and go, you know, Pablo did that much worse in the same kind of opportunity. You know? Like, I would like, not I'll, want I would not want Pablo to 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 be a one for one replacement for someone like an Albert if he were to leave. I want us to spend that money and get ourselves a world beater from somewhere else. Right. Having said that, I wouldn't be afraid of him leaving and someone like him stepping in and being fine with it. Right. You're right. There was not that big of a drop-off. I mean, we could talk about it in just a little bit. Actually, you know, let's just move forward. Because that's that's one of my next one of my next items that I noticed over the last two, but most specifically over the last game. So we're talking LAFC and Seattle, but 
mostly Seattle because LAFC seems like a long time ago. Now, you know, like right. four days ago. Right. <laughs> Ancient history. And, and that is a lack of imagination up front. I'm trying to put my finger on it. I almost said I'm trying to finger it, but yeah, that might but... have come across. Yeah, you're trying weirdly. to put your finger on it. Yeah. <laughs> I am trying to identify why that is. It seemed like, and again, this is both games. Actually, now, now that I'm remembering the LAFC game, we were just launching him up front and see if someone reaches him. Yeah, yeah, it was like spray and pray. There was no just imagination. Like, what, yeah. what was happening there? I mean, it, so there's no other way to say it than just to like come out and say it. But one-on-one, -on -one, we're going to come out usually on the worse end of that. Like, there's not a lot of dudes, especially in the attack, that are very confident with, like, seasoned defenders taking them on one-on-one. -on -one. Like, you know, and not to turn this into, like, oh, man, woe unto us. I really miss uh, Jefferson Severino. But, like, that was, like, the last dude that, like, could really take a guy on one-on-one. -on -one and expect to come out ahead. Like, we're just, like, like Miram does it in stretches. Um, Michael Chang is, is fantastic and, like, can, can find that additional pass, but it's usually pretty rare that he'll just, like, beat a guy out. Um, like, like you, you see it over and over. Like, we get the ball into this, like, at the feet of a player in a, in a pretty good position, and then either that next pass gets intercepted or they sit on the ball for too long, get swarmed by, like, two or three defenders, and lose the ball yeah. like like it, it it's we just haven't been able to connect that ball to a shooting opportunity or to create a shooting opportunity of, of our own like like we, we get the ball way up we we you know we we beat the midfield where we're in the opponent's defensive third and then it's just like okay what now like like there's there's no answer there there there's half the guys are like like, I'd almost wish Michael Chang was, like, a little more selfish, honestly. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's Sam Johnson isn't getting, like, good service, and, and he can't create for himself. And then Douglas Martinez, you know, does get semi-decent service, but can't complete it. So Yeah, let's get, let's get into that, man. Let's get right into that. So there's no imagination going forward. There's, you're right. There's, there's no one on the team that, that's going to beat people one-on-one. -on -one, just take, take them on, smoke them, do something with it. Even Plata. Plata used to smoke dudes, you know, in the, not even the early days, but even pretty recently. I mean, he, he dropped off a little in the last year and a half or so. We're completely missing that. But let's get to the front line immediately. Our number nine that I think is the best number nine we have available seem, can't seem to get a minute. Uh, didn't he just have – was that his first start, Sam Johnson? Or was that the second start of the year? I think it was like second or third start of the year. And you're right. He's not getting the service. He had the terrible miss against LAFC. The, the one header that should have clearly been in the back of the net. I mean, I understand it. He overjumped it a little bit, jumped a little too soon, yada, 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 whatever. At the end of the day, he's, he's got a wide-open header five yards away from the goal with no one but the goalie to beat, and he misses the whole frame because he hits it with, like, the back of his neck or his shoulder or something like that. So there's that. And then, I mean, Martinez can't hit the goal if his life depends on it. I mean, he literally can't seem to get close to the goal. We have a scoring problem. Yeah. This yeah. is this is I mean the whole no imagination up front, that's a bigger problem, right? That is a problem that you need to put strategy around. You might be able to shop or train a player or two, right? We are missing Albert, as we said before. We are we were missing in this case against Seattle, we we're missing Demir. I get all of that. But man finishing them up front is an individual skill and coaches way too often get blamed for dudes not being able to finish up front and they there's not much they can do 
a strategy, all strategy can do is create opportunities for a shark to put them on frame with power. There That's all is. you can do. There's the line. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, You're man. paying the extra millions for the dude that's putting him on frame with power to actually put him away. That's your difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and, and that's all like fine and dandy in the, the you know, greater scheme of the, the you know, 50,000 foot view. But like, when, when you get, when you really get down to it, like, I'm going to rattle off some names here. Corey Baird, Sam Johnson, Douglas Martinez, Jason Ramirez, Justin Miram. Like, there should be goals there. Like, like maybe not a ton, but way more than we're currently doing. And, and like, we've got, it, it, like, like, specifically around the Seattle game, there, there was, I've been screaming for Jam, Sam Johnson to get some consistent minutes for a long time now. And I'm by no means like a Sam Johnson, like, you know, he's the guy, he's the solution. Like, I'm, I'm, if we want to get rid of that guy, I'm cool with it. Do it already. But, uh. There was nothing in his hour plus worth of minutes against the Seattle game that I was like, okay, let's try that. Like, you know, at, at no point was I like, man, if this guy just had a slightly better ball or like a slightly better midfield, we'd be great. Like, I remember those early games when he f like first showed up where he was making those amazing runs that dudes just didn't know how to play to. Like, that wasn't on him. That was like Sam Johnson is making fantastic runs as a striker. Clearly, the disconnect is just playing with the team. There was nothing in Seattle that I'm like, Sam Johnson is making great runs or putting himself in a position to be dangerous. Like, he was just meh. Um, and then, yeah, his, you know, primary replacement at this point is is uh, Douglas Martinez. And he, like, I, I finally figured out the kind of what his vibe to me is. He's the hybrid love child of Olmes Garcia and Sandoval. Like, like literally. Like, he's kind of got a little bit of traits of both of them. Um, I, I have defended Sandoval as the rest of RSL Nation was like, you know. Yeah, you have. Because the dude holds the ball up at, like, an elite player caliber. Like, if that was the only skill that you were going to judge him on, he should be in the Premier League. The problem is he literally can't hit the broadside of a barn. Oh, um, Ryan. Or yeah. run. Look, okay, so let's take, let's take with Sam Johnson for just a second, if we may. I thought he did well. In the grand scheme of things, when, when your ability to do well on paper at the end of the day is heavily and heavily dependent on others doing their job right, and now you're talking about a group of people out of whom, like, one dude did their job right, right? As far as helping you do your job right, there is a different level of intensity, a different level of activity, strength, danger when he's on the field versus anyone else. He did not, he was not a world beater. And if he had some real options on the, on the, on the bench, I would understand, you know, why he doesn't play more. But every time I see him play with his quickness, his speed, he also has the eye. He's got the intelligence. It seems like he knows where the ball is going to go. He's always like a second late, but you don't get them every time, right? I think he's by far, and I mean by far, without a close second, our best option at number nine if we choose to play with the proper number nine. Right, yeah. That, that's what I got out of the Seattle game. Sure. That was one of my three positive takeaways from all of that. I Yeah, I mean, maybe we're watching two different Seattle games. I don't know. I, I was watching the Seattle broadcast, with it, which if I ever have to do that again, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know, run my head into the TV or something. Like, RSL Nation, go on Twitter right now and thank Dunny for the fantastic job he does broadcasting RSL games because I promise you it is a lot worse in the other markets. Um, anyway, now that I got that out of the way, it, it's, I, I get what you're going for. Like out of the striker options, it would, it would appear that he's like the, like, I still think our best, you know, quote unquote striker is the mere Krylock. 
which that's insane to say out loud, and I recognize it's not ideal. But like out of the group, he's the one that's finding the back of the net with the most consistency. He's the most prolific scorer. Right, which terrifies me. I don't think it's a recipe for success. But like, I, I, you know, there was there was no like Sam Johnson might be the, like the least worst option. But there was nothing in the Seattle game where I'm like, yeah, dude, give this guy another 90 minutes in, or give this guy 90 minutes in against Vancouver. Um, you know, you know, you know what will do it. What? Look at the others. And, and this is actually the part, and not like an out. A part that I think it's worth discussing is, and this is not like out and out striker conversation, but it is one of the forwards. So when we roll out our ideal, you know, whatever that looks like, our ideal starting 11, uh, Jason Ramirez, our young DP, the quote unquote Jefferson Severino replacement, gets junk minutes towards the end. When we roll out what's clearly like our second preferred kind of, you know, we're kind of trying to draw out the game, maybe play for a draw the first half and attack in the second half. And it, it's our, it's our B team. Jason Ramirez gets junk minutes at the end. L like what is the scenario where this dude's getting like 45 minutes to play? Why like, not like, 90? Are you well, telling me he's still not physically fit? To play no. And, and that clearly can't be it. And, and, I think I've been, you and I have been hinting at this for a while, especially when we were talking about like our left back and uh, right back backups, like who's, you know, who's next up after uh, Toya and Herrera. And the answer has been like glad, I guess. Um, and it's the fact that we have a roster that is just broken. We, we signed some dudes under the, you know, the new GM and the new front office that clearly aren't the answer and and that that are the wrong signings we have a i think it's safe to say at this point that we have two dp slots which keep in mind every team only gets three of those that aren't quote unquote working out or panning out um our primary goaler goalie that was kind of supposed to like it you know it wasn't like a secret that nick Ramondo was retiring like that that wasn't like something he announced the game before the season ended like we we knew that all of last year nick Ramondo was retiring but and the guy that was supposed to replace him lost his job to our backup keeper i'm at a stage where i've this is probably the shortest amount of time it's taken me to get to here but I think I'm I'm fair in asking for our GM Elliot Fall to to find employment elsewhere. That seems like a reasonable ask at this point. Like our roster, and and I don't care about oh 2020, it's COVID, because there are other teams that are also experiencing 2020 and COVID, and that you know are having quick turnaround times and and are having all kinds of issues, and they seem to be doing fine. So like our our roster was clearly broken pre-COVID and pre-the pandemic and pre, you know, Deloitte Hansen uh, being forced to sell the team and all that stuff. Like, it, it, it's just unacceptable at this point. Like, we have a roster that is fundamentally, like, we have an okay starting 11, but the second that doesn't work out, it all falls apart. Like, like look at well, Seattle. Do you think that's Elliot's, do you think the current roster is Elliot's fault at all? Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like uh jason ramirez was his signing um sam johnson wasn't you know i think that happened before him both of the left back and right back signings were under him um you know the goalie replacement was under him like it, it, it's i've seen enough to to the dude just got it wrong in the worst way um like seattle seattle was missing something like four starters like that was not a, a like Seattle's starting eleven. Now, granted, Seattle, uh, the way their schedule has gone, they did they haven't had as much quick turnaround as some of the other teams, and like the worst of their schedule is still to be played. But like they managed to figure it out, and there are plenty of teams that manage to figure it out regularly. There are currently nine teams figuring it out better than Real Salt Lake. And I'm I'm just I'm sick of and that's it, just in the West, and that's just in the that's West. That's just in right. the West, right? And the other thing I would say is, so let me just I'm not gonna 
beat a dead horse because you're right. We have talked about this before. I think our biggest problem is this. We don't have a front office with coaching staff alignment. It seems like seems like I am going to the butcher shop or the butchers buying the finest cuts of beef to bring home to my wife to cook. And she's a vegan, right? What is this, like the 1940s? Like, okay, reverse the scenario. No, That's it's not just the like, point. Like, like, I don't remember the it's last time like, I went to the it's butchers. Like I'm going, it's like I'm going out to hire the best possible developer I can find. And he is or she is the best possible like Java developer. And I bring them to the company and turns out we're actually writing in Python. Right? It's the front office, the left hand does know what the right does not know what the right hand is doing right now. Not right now. It's been like that for a while. The 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 big signings, quote unquote, that the front office is making it, it is not, they're not jiving with what the coaching staff is doing. This is not Freddie. This is not Elliot. This goes back way before them. Well, not way before them. This goes back just pre Petkey, obviously. Any, anytime after Lagerway, really. That's when this whole thing started. We were buying players, paying good money for them, and then we don't use them. Why are we buying players that the coach doesn't want and will not use, right? I think that's, that's what this really is. It's, there's a complete misalignment between what we are going to do and then what the front office is buying. That, that's, that is it. That yeah. is it. I'm not ready to call for people's jobs, but I am ready to say, if you're not aligned, one of y'all got to go. Or both. Yeah, yeah. and... And, you know, it's like, I would hope, like, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but like, I would hope that before, you know, we're offering people, maybe not millions of dollars, but at least hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're talking to the coach and being like, hey, does this guy jive with what you're trying to do? Like, like I'm hoping dudes aren't just like showing up on, on the field and Freddie's like, who is this? You know, like that. You know that that obviously can't well, how be. How have scenario. our last? How have our last two number nines worked out? Yeah, I mean, mostly not great. Um, and and you know, like scouting. The one guy spent more time on the I fifteen than he did on on the pitch at Rio Tinto. Right, and you're you're uh, you're obviously referencing Alfredo Ortuño and his oh, yeah. uh, and his uh, drives during Who matches. Who even the one before that? Who's before Ortuño? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, no. Come on, Armenian guy. Oh, you're a you're a damn you're it. a Mavsisian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're a, you're a part two. After and, a long spell where he did well. Yeah. I mean, so this goes across multiple GMs, multiple coaches, and many different players. And it seems to be always the big money players. Seems right. like the guys we're bringing up from the monarchs and buying for cheap elsewhere are always working out. So they just need to align, man. Like, look, if the front office wants to buy big players, get yourself a coach who knows how to manage these big players. All right. Or if the coach wants to use, you know, nobodies, fine. If he wants to build a system, awesome. Then get yourself a GM who will help us get there. This is why I'm so excited to see what the new ownership is going to look like because just figuring that part out alone could mean, I mean, literally the difference between, you know, ninth spot and third spot in the West every year. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like the, the even now, and we kind of alluded to it, we're, we're 10th in the West, but like the gap between 10th and third is, you know, a handful of games at this not point. much it's yeah. a game or two right right um so like like it's not all doom and gloom and i think we you you know even with the personnel now there's there's a possibility to turn it around but like it requires oh, an acknowledgement well, there, there is there isn't i, I this think... this team this team has not enough character 
I don't want to say not enough skill. We they clearly don't have enough skill, but neither did the 09 team, and neither did multiple teams throughout the years that won the cup. This team doesn't have enough with that level of skill. They don't have enough character to overcome that gap in skill against all the others MLS, all the other MLS teams, to to not just win it, but to be a serious contender. We can turn around and make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and I I think to me like. You have to. You still have to make the playoffs. Like that. That is quite literally the bare minimum I'm willing to accept. There's. There's what fourteen? Is it even fourteen? Yeah. No, twelve. How many teams are in the West? Fourteen or twelve? I can't oh, even. There's twelve in the West. Like eight make the playoffs. Eight make the playoffs. That that is, you know, like you can do that. You can figure that out. That that yeah, isn't not 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 the way we played on Wednesday against Seattle. Anyways, no. we don't have to beat that horse that dead horse even further to death. But that's a much larger discussion. I think there's there are serious serious problems. Let's talk about a guy real quick that I think you and I both called the exact role for before the season started, which is Kyle Beckerman, the legend, the man, the myth. I know I reversed that. Yeah, he's done. I, th- I thought yeah. he was good for up to 60. Yeah, no. No, he's I think done. He's good for like 20, 30 at the most. Yeah, it, it's, you know, obviously the dude has earned the right to like, at, at least with me. You know, I can't speak on behalf of everybody. He's earned the right with me to decide when it's time to hang them up. Yep. Um, if, you know, if he wants to play out the rest of the season, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, I don't think we're going to do anything spectacular in 2020. Um, I, I think he recognizes that he's not playing his best soccer. I, I do like the mentality and, like, the fight and the bite he brings to our midfield. Like, all of a sudden, you know, we have a midfield with personality. But, like, you have to pair him next to, like, an Everton or something. And and, and that's not a fault on uh, Portillo or Portillo. It, the kid played great. I think it, you know, you just need someone who can like cover some of those like those, you know, those gaps that are just like, you know, the dude's not a young guy anymore. Like, like it, yeah. and it, it's a position that requires a ton of like coverage. He's especially against the midfield like Seattle's, you know, like you're being mm. asked to guard some like look at that Seattle game. Ladero had all the time in the world on the ball. Um like and the, he's not a quick dude. And yeah, he's not setting any land speed records, but like you know, it, it it's a position that is far too important to get wrong. And then I think the second part is, I, I think you know, uh, Beckerman gets frustrated by the fact that he's not playing as well as he as he thinks he still can, and that's when you see like some of the weird off the ball, you know, fouls and. You know, like even against the Seattle game, like he'd kind of bump into dudes, as, and he's always kind of done that. But like, it felt like it was more so. Like, well, if I can't impact the game with like my soccer skill, I'm gonna impact the game with like the mental aspect of the game and try to get under these dudes' skins a little bit. But it was almost like too much, where it was like yeah. every tackle would be like, you know, he'd kind of have leave something <laughs> on it afterwards. Um, yeah, man. If uh, I- I'm hoping that there's like a formal announcement of, Hey, this is Kyle's last game and we can send him off properly. But like, there's a part of it that also feels like this year, this isn't how I want to remember Kyle Beckerman's soccer career. Cause, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he quits this year. Really? I really don't. You think he's going to come back and play another year? Yeah. No way, dude. I, I mean, Maybe if he like offers to like play for free or something, <laughs> I think he comes back one more year. I would be shocked. You have to remember new ownership, right? They want uh, he he is the last of the big three on the team. If you think about it, um, well four if you include Jason Kreis. I I don't see how he does not come back next year. I think his role gets limited even more than this year. I just don't see how he does not come back next year. I really don't. And and I want him to. 
I want him to play very few minutes, but I want him back because I'm assuming that by next year, at least like mid-season next year, we're all back at the riot. Right. So we can send him off proper. Yeah, right. Th- that's fair. Like something to rival the Romando send-off. Yeah, yeah. If if Romando gets a TIFO, then Kyle Beckerman definitely gets a TIFO. Like the dude gets... I'm going to, you know... They're the same. They're yeah, the I'm same gonna, level. Uh, to... This this comes as like even as I'm saying it, it feels kind of weird. But out of those three, and this includes Javi. Right, right. I figured Javi was the third. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle is like a little bit above those guys. Like I always like obviously loved all three of those guys. Like every RSL fan, like you know, that that's the Mount Rushmore right there. Um, but. Like Kyle, Kyle represented us, you know, like not the most traditional, little bit of a chip on the shoulder, you know, the nicest dude that you'll ever meet, like when you bump into him at like the grocery store or like on the river or something. But then you like get on the field and it's like, oh man, this guy's a killer. Um, yeah. Like he is, he is Utah personified at this point. And I, I don't know, to, to me, he was always... He he was the guy. He's the captain. Yeah. Like that's you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get what you're saying. To, to me, it's it's Kyle and, and Nick, shoulder to shoulder, and then you have Javi and Jason Kreis, and then you have like the third level is Espindola and Saborio and Olave, right? and Ned Borchers, right, right. So, but anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. I, I think no. he comes back. But I think I think one of the things this last game proved is is yeah he I, th- I think it's it's yeah it's time. He's over the over the hill. Couple right. of uh, other real quick things. Uh, Andrew Putna. Yeah. Pretty good, man. He's been yeah. pretty good for about three four games in a row now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's gonna be uh, you know rivaling Nick Romando as far as like distributing the ball with his feet or anything. Um, Except on the distance, yeah, he's 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 got that down. Just like booting the ball down the field and inevitably right, but like half the time it lands at the feet of a Sounders player or an LAFC player. Um, because it's so far down, no one thought he was gonna. Get no, it yeah, well, they should talk about that. Like during one of these practices, like, hey, dude, WTF? Like someone should bring that up to him. No, it's it, an opportunity it's, to be a punter. Is all I'm saying. Nah. Um. No, man, like, I'll be straightforward. I think he's the best we've got. But if he's our starting goalie next year, that's a problem for me. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the, I you know, off the top of my head, I can't recall what uh, Zach McMath's contract particulars are. Um, but he should probably be released because he keeps losing his starting job literally everywhere he goes. Um, and a proper goalkeeper should be brought in. Um but yeah. Or give the kid a chance. Or, or yeah, the the kid being Ochoa. Um, yes. And and hopefully that happens uh, with the remainder of the year. I know he's like because I, I guess he has to like quarantine between the monarchs and. Yeah, but I thought that was done. Yeah, and I think that's about to be done. Yeah. So I I I think we do see him on the roster sooner rather than later. Whether or not he becomes the new backup, I don't know. Um. But yeah, I think our goalie situation is, it, it, it's not the primary problem right now, but it does need to be addressed in, you know, if we're going to be a, a serious club. Yeah, not this year, but in general, if you're going to be a serious club. One last uh, real quick talking point is um, Aaron Herrera. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's one kid that's, that's impressed me other than Pablo, all right, Pablo, damn, like where the hell did that come from? Aaron Herrera has solidified his place, and it's a guy playing right back that I can see myself winning a championship with. Very yeah. few guys on this whole team I can say that about. Yeah, I, I think Michael Chang is assuming that there's going to be a little more growth there. I think he's like going to be you know world class. But yeah, Herrera is he's he's there. He's arrived. Like. Yeah. Probably one of the best uh, outside backs in the league at this point, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, so I think, was... I think if he could bring in just a little more 
attack as weird as that sounds i you know i think he he could i i think if i was if i was to be nitpicky and find a place where i'd like him to improve it's it's in the attack and like generating maybe more assists directly and goals the specific like, crossing yeah his crossing is is much improved right but, but still suspect sometimes yeah for sure um and you know the way we like at this point, it, I'll be honest, it would be the icing on the cake. Because I think the dude creates, while well, maybe not the assist, the the assist to the assist. Like, he gets the ball in dangerous positions. I think he's got an eye for goal. Um, he just needs to execute on that. But once again, that feels super nitpicky in, like, the yeah. greater scheme of how our team is currently set up. I think it seems, it feels to me like we, we have a good, again, I'm looking at it from a serious contention. We have a good, let's say, two, four, five, six. It feels like you have about six of the 11 pieces to win an MLS Cup. So we're getting there. The question becomes, how do we keep everyone, every one of those around? By the way. Albert was not one of those guys I just mentioned. I fully okay. expect him to leave. Right. And no later than next summer, especially if Slovakia qualifies for the Euros. Yeah, I mean, his right. his value is going to be at an all-time high if yes. if that's the case. Like, you let him go to the Euros, you let him hopefully yeah. play out of his mind, and then, yeah, you sell as soon as the Euros come to an end. He's not worth the money. I love the guy. He's probably our best player. Mm. Not worth the check. No, I, I no. think for that that kind of money and responsibility, we can get better. And I'm not sure whom, but that's not my job. If it was my job, I promise you, I'd have a backlog of 19 dudes that can probably replace him. Right. Right. Here, here are guys we should be talking to. Yeah. Um. So I'm not counting him in. I'm also not counting this year as any opportunity. I'm like, like you said, this year we make the playoffs. It's a success. We don't make the playoffs. It's a failure. That's it. Once we make the playoffs. It doesn't matter how far we go. Making the playoffs is as impressive to me as making it to the third round at the end of the day. In many ways, I'd almost rather we don't make the playoffs because that screams out and verifies what we've been talking about, which is this team is not good enough for the long term. Right. right. And Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Like, the playoffs do have that energy of, like, quote-unquote, anything is possible. Um, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm sick of that. Because, like, like, we're bound we're bound to get a, you know, like... RSL is capable of, on their best day, hanging with other clubs. And, like, we might get a shock performance and, you know, make it out of the first round. But but to me, it's like that. It, it sh- like that's what this team is built for. Barely make the playoffs, maybe surprise some folks, and then that's kind of it. Like, like we, we get to the same place every year and inevitably end up with the same result. Nothing to show for at the end of the day. It, Mid-table team. Mid-table team. I'm just glad we won that one championship forever ago. I have told myself this years ago. Next time, either the Jazz, which will never happen, or, you know, the the RSLers win a championship, that's my first of two. (laughs) And I'm going to start collecting them, right? So let's say if RSL wins a championship, then I'm going to put the two cups next to each other somewhere. Okay. Jazz win a championship. I'll put the RSL and the Jazz one on there, right? Right. That's my promise to myself, okay. right? Yeah. And you should go in on this with me, by the way. I'm absolutely not doing that. Do it, man. Don't I be don't, a chicken. Don't think so. But that's not the point. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. At no time soon. Your, your and, skin and is making not the, in danger. Yeah. And making the playoffs this year might, might actually backfire. It would give us a temporary mm-hmm. happiness right. moment, but that's about it. Uh, we need major, major, major changes. And right. look, man, at the end of the day, I think we're, we're halfway there. Literally, we're halfway there. Just need to make some decisions and just move forward. Yeah, and, and maybe it's the type of thing that, you know, new ownership and hopefully yeah. an influx of cash start addressing, like... You know, I'll, you know, influx of cash would be awesome. I would, I would take the front office being aligned with the coaching staff. Right, I mean, you don't need cash for that. 
here's here's what I <laughs> hope happens. To, like get on a Zoom call or something. Jeez. Right. My, my advice to whoever or whomever's I don't know what the proper you know proper conjugation here is. Whoever. Um, the folks that end up in charge and writing all the checks, if by some miracle you're listening to this, my advice would be to call Garth Lagerway and just just start throwing out numbers until he says yes. Um, I think that there is one of the best soccer minds as far as running a club in Major League Soccer. Like I am at this point, it clearly isn't an accident. He, he does it so well and with such regularity on yeah. so many levels that he he clearly knows the secret sauce. Um, you know, every time I see him roll down, I think of Lagaway. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was basically his thing. That was his, that was his parting gift with RSL. I'll screw you over now one more time. Talked us into <laughs> drafting someone else. That we pretended we were gonna, <clears throat> we were gonna draft anyways. I don't even know who it is. I mean, that's that's how great the draft was. And he just knew. He just knew what that what that kid was gonna do. Look, man, did not know that. But yeah, that would be my advice oh, yeah. to ownership. Start there. Yeah. All right, uh, brother, brother Baker. What's Maybe up, that man? should be your name. I, I've been, I'm trying to, I've been trying to think of T-shirts. Hmm. What Adele and the Baker looks like, right? And the Baker, like the only the, the only problem with the Baker is like I can't think I can't like pick which of the like five different ideas. So so many ways, you, so many Baker. ways to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Adele, not so much. No, you just got the singer. Yeah, and My, then, then we get sued. So right. can't do that. No. So no. yeah. I have uh, the the Baker man. I I, I think we, we make T shirts. We make bumper stickers with that crap. Anything else we gotta talk about, brother Baker? Oh, what? you know what? That's that's brother Baker. You should have like you know no. those uh, missionary name tags. What are they it's called? Definitely. I mean, I think they're just called name tags. It's oh. it's just just the Baker. Um, we're not we're not rebranding right now. I I know you're a big fan of that, and that's why I don't even know what this podcast is called anymore. But we're just gonna stick to the Scarfly podcast. We're just gonna stick to what we've got going on. Um, so yeah, we we do get a chance this weekend to kind of redeem ourselves, and we've got we're we're facing one of the only two teams that are below us in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, that being said, there, we there are also... very few there are very few teams where we can look at and say, you're not on my level. Right. Um, yeah, we've got we've got the Whitecaps, which you know they beat us last time we faced them. Um, fun little fact: we will beat the the Vancouver Whitecaps. Will be hosting Real Salt Lake in Providence Park in Portland, which all the pitches in all of the United States they had to pick a plastic one. I don't get yeah. that. Yeah, it, it's honestly, I feel and so bad for the Canadian teams. Too, right? It, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a plastic field. Um, yeah, man. I so like Vancouver uh, played against the Timbers in Providence Park as a visiting team, and then their very next game was against the Timbers in Providence uh, Park as the hosts, and I'm like, that seems. So asinine. And then here's the real kicker. It still looks like that the league intends on handing out a supporter shield. Like, like, come on. Yeah. Man. Like, I'm not going to sympathize with Vancouver very easily. But, like, clearly that's not the same opportunity for three points. Mm. You got the East versus West. Yeah, no, look, I can, I can respect going through with the MLS Cup, you know, compressed – Whatever it is, but um, yeah, the the supporter shield makes no sense to give out this year. None, like none whatsoever. The East is playing its itself basically or virtually. The West is playing itself. The Canadian teams were playing each other for like the longest time. Didn't like Dallas and Cincinnati. No, it was, back I think back it was like it was like Dallas and Nashville just played them yeah, each other Nashville, like five yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, at it's this insane. point. Like at what point do we just say, all right, fly Colorado down to Salt Lake, and they'll play five times in the next ten days, right? right. Then 
Salt Lake will fly down to Colorado and we'll play five times in the following 10 days. And the season is over in 20 days. And we'll give out a, a supporter shield and have the cup there. Right. Uh, and at some it's, point, it's better to not give it out than right. to completely water it down. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's one of those things, especially because of how it's, you know, it's obviously the team with the most points. And like, yes, at the end of the day, everyone will have played the same amount of games. Though Colorado, because they're having a serious COVID outbreak right now, has like had to postpone their last three games, yeah. I think. Um, but in theory, everyone will have the same amount of points to, to win. But the environment in which they are winning them is far from even and fair. And I think yeah. I'm all for continuity, but there should not be a Supporter Shield winner yeah. in 2020. Yeah, look, and, in the, in the playoffs. Definitely, definitely shouldn't come with a, a CONCACAF Champions League spot. In the playoffs, you, you have to beat everyone, right? If nothing else, you're beating the guys who beat the other guys, right? So at the end of the day, you beat everyone, right? If LA is playing RSL and LAFC is playing Seattle and RSL beats LA and LAFC beats Seattle, now we're playing LAFC. And like, it's almost like you're also playing Seattle at the same time because they already beat them. At least on paper, you can make that justification. You cannot make the justification for head-to-head head to head across the season. Even the Germans, man, who were the first people to, to interrupt their league when they came back, they, they at least finished everyone playing everyone. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't fun. It was a lot of Wednesdays games, midday games, I mean, midweek games, whatever it is. But everyone played everyone. That's how they gave the championship out. I'm just not a fan. Having said that, look, man, I don't think RSL is winning a damn thing this year. And so let's just enjoy what's on the TV as much as we possibly can. I'm not, I'm starting to not even get upset about the losses anymore. Like no, whatever. I'm still getting upset about the losses. I so, don't get me uh, wrong. Like I don't get upset the next morning. Sure. Like, I was upset at the time. Yes. Uh, any any score predictions for the Vancouver game this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I think we win this one. And I really? Think we win this one big. I think we win this one. And we win, we win it big, and that's gonna be the most freaking frustrating thing for me. And I think we win it um, 3 1. 3 0. 3 1. 3 1, I would say. Oh, by the way, I got the last one correct. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said 3 1 Seattle. No, I I will go re listen right now. Oh, no, 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 no. That was LAFC. LAFC 3 1. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Speaking of score predictions, before you tell us, tell me yours, because I said Mm -hmm. 3-1 us against Vancouver. I love this new game we're playing on on the Facebook page. And we might start it on the tweet machine as well, Um, which is, look, man, the morning of, we'll always post the post that says predict your scores. Predict the score. If you get the score correctly, Mm -hmm. we will enter you into a drawing. By drawing, I mean, we'll just eye and pick one. So we'll pick a correct predictor of every match day score and send them a free RSL Nation scarf. Right. We've had four winners so far. Well, five. We had five winners so far. One dude kind of snuck in there. We I gave him a scarf because he had a clever comment. He did not get the score correct. Mm. There you go. Uh, we, we give points out for creativity. No, I made very clear to state that's not a standard. That was a one-time <laughs> exception. Okay, never mind. I take it back. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it's uh, obviously before kickoff um, and we can tell if comments have been edited. Oh, yeah. Just, just very easily. Actually, no one has tried that so far. Right. And and I'm hopefully it's the kind of thing where everyone's like, oh, yeah, they can tell. But j- just be reassured, we can tell if a comment has been edited <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Now, nah, man, uh, as far as my prediction, I think this is going to be a very frustrating draw. And I'll say 1-1. Just a good old-fashioned okay. 1-1 draw. Huh. Yep. Who scores? Own goal. Own goal. Own goal. <laughs> our uh, our uh, exciting DP uh, summer transfer. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think I'll give it to... None other than uh, the Karate Kid himself. I think the yep. mirror comes back, and I think the mirror scores. Uh, and I'll go ahead now. I'll say a frustrating tie because I think we score first, and then Vancouver turns it on. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that happen. 
And if anyone is going to score, it might be him. You know who I'd really like to see score? I mean, anyone really, but really like to see score? One of our DPs? Oh. No, no, Herrera. Um, yeah, I'd be cool with that. I, honestly, at this point, like, I, I, yeah, I, was, anyway. I was mostly kidding about the own goal thing, but I'll totally take it. I'll take it, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty nice own goal last game. It, it, as far as own goals go, it was one of the more exciting ones. It was one, one of the better ones, yeah. And it really was an own goal. Because, like, had the dude not touched it, it would have just... Yeah, not, not even close. It would right. not have been close. Like, he, put, he put that on frame with power very well. <laughs> very well. Unintended. Unintended, All right. but... Yeah. All right, um, Brother Baker... It's not. It's not. Are we doing that thing? No, no, we're not doing. We're just gonna leave it as is. Leave. What are we doing as is? Uh, no, no, brother Baker. It's just the Baker. Just the Baker. Baker. All right, our nation. It's been fun. It's been uh, real. Thank you for tuning in to another Scarf Live podcast episode. We'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully, six points richer. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Adios. Good night.